Hey, it's the Chris and Craig show. Um, it's a guest-free Wednesday. I mean, I, I guess we could be braggarts and say, we don't need no guests this week. We're giving you us. But, hey, it was a busy week, Craig. Not much we can talk about here, but, man, lots of stuff going on in our lives. And, hey, we got some topics. And usually I'll send Craig like about 50 links and say, Craig, what do you think? Now, you know, I, I got this overriding topic. And, you know, Craig every night calls me breathlessly about the Olympics. Deeply describe me every night. No, he, he didn't do that. But Craig's a big Olympic guy. <laughs> I had Man. time to watch as much Olympics. I may have watched maybe overall an hour, maybe. I don't know. Okay. I'm not protesting anything. I'm not anti-Olympics or pro-Olympics. I just, you know, you got a limited amount of time, and we all pick our own ways of using that time, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah. It's so very interesting. Um, Craig, here's what I'm thinking about doing. I know you're an Olympic guy, but, you know, there's always things that we could do to make what we'd like better. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a baseball guy. You're a baseball guy. But I'm sure things could happen to make baseball even more appealing to you. So here's what I want to kind of review. We could talk about the Olympics, maybe share some stories about what we saw this year and everything. But I'm looking for ways to make the Olympics better. And look, we work for Gannett. And, hey, this isn't a criticism of Gannett. Gannett's actually pretty smart in how they do that. They want us to write stuff that people will read, okay? So, you know, we're writing some pop culture stuff. We're writing some, you know, off-the-wall stuff and everything. That may be different than what we wrote about if we did this 40 years ago. But it's important because we want to get people to come to our websites to click on it. And you might be saying, Chris, why are you bringing all this up? Well, same thing with the Olympics. The Olympics needs a buzz. You know, they need somebody that you're going to sit there and say, holy cow, I need to watch this. They've created some ways. Simone Biles, you know, sad story, had mental health issues, dropped out of some uh, events. Um, you know, when she came back for that final event, hey, that was must-see TV. If you're going to watch the Olympics, you're going to watch Simone Biles. How, how is she going to do when she comes back? And great story. She won a medal. Great for her and everything. So, Craig, I am looking at ways of making it better. And you know me, Craig. They're going to be a little silly. They're not going to be <laughs> things that may not be able to happen. So, okay. Craig, bear with me for a second. I got one to start. We can kind of go back and forth with things. My daughter is a huge gymnastics fan. I was actually thinking maybe I could bring her down, but she'll probably just giggle and not say anything. But, you know, she likes gymnastics. So, after gymnastics was over... To calm her down, my wife turns on YouTube uh, showings of previous gymnastics competitions. We have premium. There's no commercials. She'll watch us for hours. She likes that. There's this lady. I think it's Chelsea or Shein or somebody. She's a 30-something-year-old woman who won this gymnastics title in 2003. Craig, it was fascinating. She made a comeback. So this year at the U.S. Championships... You've got a 36, 37-year-old gymnast competing. Craig, do you know how rare that is? Uh, that's uh, extremely rare. That's like beyond grandma 
slash grandfather right. age for the Olympics for gymnastics. Yeah, that is extremely old for that sport in gymnastics. Yes. You know, we're here in Ohio. Rocky Calavito was honored earlier this week with a statue at, you know, Progressive Field. But it would be like Rocky saying, hey, thanks for the statue, but I'm playing right field this game. You know, he, he trudges in, he's playing right field for the team, you know? Um, yeah, you're right. It's very strange. And she wasn't a large woman, but she was a average size American woman, which was kind of unusual because the gymnasts are usually very small and petite and, you know, three feet tall and, you know, they can, you know, do whatever. It's like, you know, our wives compete, you know, they're just regular size, which is weird for a gymnast. If you, Am I saying that fair? Am I going to get canceled? Well, uh, no, I mean, I'm you know, a phone call, you know, <laughs> is it good night? Yeah, I mean, there are, gymnasts are very diminutive, um, you know, and that's by design where, you know, Simone Biles is very small and compact, but very powerful. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not really common to see a, you know, five foot eight woman compete, yeah. or, you know, right. a six foot four guy compete, you know, in the Olympics. It's, it's very rare. Okay, so I bring this up to say, now you got my attention. Okay, you know, and I'm not, and Simone Biles is a fantastic story. Nothing against Simone Biles, but Simone Biles isn't getting me watching. A regular size, thirty-five, six. I'm not sure how old she is. Late thirties. That that's got my attention, Craig. I mean, I'm like, okay, I'm sitting down, I'm watching this stuff. Well, right. I don't mean to be mean, Craig, but. This woman fell down a couple times from the uneven bars. Right. <laughs> like like on her face during the competition. Right. It, it was kind of a... I, uh, is it mean to say entertaining? I mean, I don't like watching people get hurt. And she bounced up and she was fine. But, you know, it wasn't like that Disney story where she ended up winning the whole competition. You know, right. her age showed. It, it's like Rocky Calvillo trying to jump in the sands to catch a home run ball. It probably would not look good <laughs> or go well for Rocky, you know? I call right. it, you know. But so here's what I'm thinking. Here's my first idea. I know it took me a half hour to get there, but uh, bear with me. Let's have old timers events at the Olympics. You know what? I I think uh, that was not something that I had thought about. But that's I would say this. I think it would be kind of fun. You know, we have the the normal Olympic games. Um, in a few weeks, we're going to have the Paralympic Games. Okay. I think it, you know what? I think it would, how fun would it be if we had sort of the retiree Olympics where former, like, could you imagine Usain Bolt being like, okay, I'm going to run the 100 meter in the, you know, retired Olympians contest. Maybe you could say, there's a, a varying degree of age ranges, but maybe you could say 40 and older or 30 and older or 35 and older, maybe depending on how the sport plays out. Because like we said at the top, a 36-year-old gymnast is is very ancient in that profession or whatever. I guess it wouldn't be called a profession, but it's very ancient in that sport. Um, now, it's not uncommon for, you know, 35-year-old sprinters and, you know, track and field athletes to compete. But there's there's got to be like, an idea where you, you know, an ideal age range where you can cut it off. And I agree. That would be kind of fun to see like the, you know, the past greats of our sport, you know, 
competing years later when, yeah, they're not their best, but it'd be kind of fun to see, like, you know, who stays in shape and who still could do it, you know, kind of thing. That'd be kind of fun to see some events like that. I would watch that if they did something like that. And let's talk about how that would work, because I think if you see Bolt, I'm not a big Olympic follower. I think maybe he pulled out maybe because of COVID. Not that he had COVID, but it's, you know, it's kind of scary time. Maybe it's like, hey, I don't need this this year. Let me do something else. I mean, I got the feeling you say Bolt could have won this year if he went. So, so I mean, I well, want, like, I want, we got to put a age bracket. And I'm not sure if 35 is cool or 40 is cool, but it can't be like, okay, you compete this year's Olympics, and then next time you're in the old-timers game. I mean, there's got it's got to be like the Pro Football Hall of Fame. we got to wait at least a certain amount of time before you qualify. Right. Well, I remember watching um, the – it wasn't the women's marathon. I think it was um, maybe the – triathlon yeah i think it was the triathlon and there was a woman who ended up winning the gold medal who was in her mid-30s which you know you would think it's a young person's sport you know competing in a triathlon um and you know so this woman i think had i think she was competing you know in in her mid-30s so you know i mean you would think a, a sport like that would be geared more towards the younger crowd uh but she won and she won very convincingly i can't recall her name but uh, she won very convincingly. So it's kind of fun to see some of those stories. I mean, I know there were some, you know, older people. There was a 66-year-old. I was, lo- I was looking at some of the, um, the ages here. Um, I know there, there was a 66-year-old person that competed. There was a 12-year-old table tennis prodigy that, that competed. Um, there was, uh, and this is back in 1920, but there was a Swedish shooter that was 72 years old that one silver at the 1920 game. So that's kind of fun. So I don't know. It's almost like that's the beauty of the Olympics is that you can maybe think you can have a cutoff or an age cutoff, but in, in a lot of ways you, you maybe don't need that because, you know, these people can be all ages and still compete and compete well. Well, let's look at some of these um, people, you know, that we could consider. Uh, so Craig could see, I'm putting it up on the screen. I know we're audio podcasts, but if you're following along at home, just Google this guy. Mark Spitz won yeah. seven gold medals. Uh, check yeah. him out. If you can see him on the screen, uh, Mark today 71. Uh, you see him on the right hand, oh, left hand side. That's what it looks like today. Man. Okay, Craig, I'm not watching swimming. Nothing against the current swimmers. Um, you know, we had no Michael Phelps, so I mean, maybe the pizzazz was out. But man, right. if I could see Mark Spitz in a swimming competition, right. like seventy-one-year-old Mark Spitz, I'm down. Yeah, are you watching that? I would watch that. I mean, I would. I think it would be fun to to see people. And you know, I, I kind of get where you're going a little bit here with maybe the the ex- not extreme elderly. Seventy-one's not like extreme elderly, but in the sports world, it is. So I think it'd be kind of fun to see like a 50, 60, 70 year old person compete against their same age bracket, you know, and, and, and see, you know, how they do in diving or how they do in swimming or how they do in track and field or whatever it may be, you know, and it'd just be kind of fun. I think it would be like a, for some people, it might be like a trip down nostalgia lane. Like yeah. if we see, you know, Michael Phelps is in his mid thirties now. Could you imagine in 20 years, 
in his mid fifties that he gets back into the pool in the Olympics and the uh, retiree Olympics or the, you know, I'm sure they, I'm sure they'd come up with a fun name for it, but uh, you know, could imagine, yeah. Could you imagine him getting in the pool and, you know, they'd be able to talk about, you know, Hey, you know, 30 years ago when he was at the 2000, uh, you know, the 2012 games, he dominated, you know, and it's something like that. That'd be kind of fun to, to see, the nostalgia while also still seeing like how cool, you know, how good of athletes they probably still are even at an older age. Well, I'm sure like Mark Spitz still knows how to swim, but you know, Hey, there's certain things like I was in speech and debate in, in high school and Hey, it helped me speak today. It helped me go into communications business, but I haven't had, I haven't been in a debate round for 20 years. If I came back and had the old timers debate tournament or whatever, right. um, you know, maybe I wouldn't be as good as I was in high school. Right. So you know, maybe Mark Spitz would lose to other swimmers because maybe you know Mark lost a step or two, and maybe right. some other guy that placed last in the Olympics of 1980 is now great. You know what I mean? Right. So it'd be good to see. You know, it's a yeah. different time and everything. Hey, Absolutely. I, and see, that's, a, that's, a great, that's a good that's a good starting point. I mean, you, I didn't know what to expect from you, and you fired off a good one here to start. I like it. Well, let's take it a step further. Couldn't we make it concurrently? Now, I know there's a ton of Olympic coverage and we've got to get our way through, but have, like, the retiree or the old-timers event at the same time. So, say Mark Spitz wins, like, the old-timers 100-meter freestyle, whatever it is. Put him in the regular final to give him a shot, <laughs> and you know, if he well, finishes last, you know, whatevs, you know, he's seventy-one. He's competing against twenty-year-olds. Yeah. And, and what story? If, if he would somehow win that, Mark Spitz wins gold in the twenty twenty Tokyo Olympics. Oh man, Twitter would burn down. It'd be great. Let's say, but let's say, for instance, you have a um, uh, hundred meter dash. That's you know that's not necessarily always a young man's game, but for the most part, the younger men and women do tend to dominate, and you know you do age out fairly quickly. Although some people are able to kind of hold on for a while there and ease into their. But let's say you do do these concurrently, and maybe you have winner of the old timers is compete against the younger guys. So let's say that person wins the old timers. Dash in 12.9 seconds, knowing full well that the younger men in the normal Olympics are going to run like in nine seconds, you know, 9.4, 9.5, whatever. You kind of don't really need, I mean, do you really need that old timer who's maybe his best time is 12 seconds race against people that are essentially three seconds faster? You know what I mean? Like, do you need them in that final event to prove that they're slower? When you can see the well, times posted, true. But you know, it's like any given Sunday, man. Yeah, you, you, know, you never right. know. But then, but then do. But then, on the other hand, then do you devalue the old timer Olympics by having them compete and get destroyed? Probably, assuming they get destroyed. Do you devalue their games where they're competing at the highest level they can compete at for their age bracket? by having them go down and get smoked by all the younger people 
and then you're kind of like, well, why did we even watch the old-timer Olympics? Because they're going to get destroyed in this final. Although it would make for interesting TV because, you know, there'd be certain demographics of, you know, older, you know, the boomers versus the millennials and Gen Zs. That would be, you know, rooting for their person. So that would that would kind of make for some interesting TV, even though I think we can all assume that even in, even in great shape, a uh, 50, 50, 60-year-old person's not going to beat a 25-year-old who's at the top of their game in a 100-meter dash, I would imagine. But once they get fired up, uh, you know, what's it really <laughs> adrenaline going? Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm seeing here. I, I'm just going to bring up this guy next. Um, I still have this up. Uh, Carl Lewis, you know, famous sprinter. He won a couple gold medals right. in the 84 Olympics. Now, there were some people who said that was kind of shady because, you know, the 84 Olympics, a lot of countries boycotted it. So, you know, you know, maybe it wasn't as impressive because there were some countries that weren't at the Olympics. But, you know, Carl was mad. Uh, I saw the story here. He was upset recently that the U.S. didn't qualify for a final in the event. So, you know, Carl's probably throwing out, hey, it wasn't like it was when I was back running around. <laughs> USA was kicking butt. Right. You know, and now, so Carl wins the old-timers 100-meter dash. And, and, yeah, you're right. I mean, Carl right now at 60 isn't running a 9.66, which I think won the previous Olympics. Right. But, you know, you're jacked up. You're fired up. You want to show the young guys what for. You know what I mean? Right. Well, even if they, like, uh, you know, lit his shoes on fire to make him, you know, run faster to get the fire out, I don't know that he'd still be able to, you know, compete against, uh, you know, men half his age, and I wouldn't expect him to be able to do that. But, you know, it'd be fun TV to see the old guard versus the new guard. But, um, you know, I I think the – the old guard probably is well aware. Like even Usain Bolt at age 34 probably knows that he probably isn't faster than the fastest guys right now. Now, maybe, you know, if he trains hard, he could maybe run one more great race and, and maybe medal or something. But, you know, at a certain point, you know, you're in a young woman, a young man's game. And, you know, that's, uh, you, you know, other time is undefeated in sports, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, hockey, whatever, at some point, your skills diminish to the point where you no longer can compete against the best in the world. And even at age 34, I mean, Bolt retired in 2017, so he knew when to get out, essentially. It might be too much to put on at the same time. Because, you know, I read somewhere like NBC, they're losing some of the sports. They still have Sunday Night Football, but, you know, they've lost the rights to some of the sports. I mean, hockey, it's gone. I mean, it's going to yeah. be an ESPN yeah. deal on yeah. next season. Yeah. So, you know, they have the Olympic package, which makes a lot of money during Olympic time, but obviously we're not in Olympic season all the time. Right. So may, maybe, like, right before the Olympic trials, we can have the old-timers game. And, yeah. you know, you win your event, you qualify for the Olympics. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, that kind of gets into some of the ideas that I had. Um, you know, maybe we can transition into – no, uh, one, of my, one of my thoughts here, you know, my one of my thoughts was to shorten the, t- the the time between Olympic Games. So we go every four years for summer and winter. Now they're staggered, which means that every two years we get an Olympic Games. But I do like your idea of maybe having the old timer games maybe on the every other year, where if you do every two years instead of every four years, you can still stagger 
the Olympics and you only have a year break. Now, in this case, we have less than that with the 2022 Winter Games coming up next February. But I think it would be great if they had the, uh, you know, the old timer games maybe on that in-between year and you'd always have fresh athletes. So maybe you do something where you don't want to you don't want to saturate the product. You don't want to oversaturate. But I think every two years for Olympic Games. Now, some people would probably call that blasphemous because that's just the tradition. It's every four years. I think that was the reason why there was a huge push to have the, the Olympics last year, even amid the, the terrible COVID pandemic we were going through. And it just didn't seem to make any sense to have them, even though, you know, the, IO, the IOC wanted to have the Olympics because it was just, that's how you do it. You know, it was every four years, you have all this time and money and con- TV contracts invested. So, you know, and, and even still, they didn't have a, you know, a full on Olympics because they didn't have fans in the stands for any events. They had coaches and teammates and stuff like that that could go and watch, but they didn't have fans, and they so they still had a COVID preempted kind of Olympics. They just were able to have it at least, I guess. But every two years, I think would be interesting. You can stagger the winter and the summer games, and then you can still have that tease, so people aren't like getting you know overly sad, you know, oversaturated with the Olympics, so they're fatigued by it. But if you have it every two years, then you're you, you get more familiar with the athletes, I think, because you know unless you watch the Olympic trials and all the other world championships and track and field and all those other all those other things, you really don't know who these people are that are competing, whether it's for your country or for another country. So I, I think if you do it every two years, first off, you're allowing these athletes to maximize their ability for longer. Could you imagine Usain Bolt running in the biggest stage of the of the Olympic Games every two years as opposed to every four years, where you're hoping in certain sports to get two Olympic Games out of an athlete rather than three or four or more if you did it every two years? So that's my thought. And if you add in this old-timers aspect of it, you can stagger it where the off year between the Olympics, the, the summer games and the winter games could be the old-timer games. And then, hey, you have an old-timer Olympics, winter Olympic games. So then every every year you have something in the Olympics. Now, I don't think NBC wants to invest that much money into it because it's expensive. You know, they have to travel overseas. They have to, you know, pay broadcasters, pay camera people, interviewers, set up all the technology that they use. So they probably wouldn't want to do it that way. But maybe you sell the the old timer games to ESPN or Fox or whatever, and those you know those people duke it out for that extra coverage, and NBC sticks to the winter and summer games. So that's my thought. Every every year for four years you have something, whether it's old timer summer games, normal summer games, winter games, normal, and then old timer winter games. Well, let's take it a step further. Here's the problem with you being Olympic City. So say you know Columbus. I've heard on occasion that. Maybe Columbus could be seen sometime, might be considered or whatever. Well, you don't want the Olympics. The Olympics suck, man. You got Bill, all these facilities are going to be used for two right. yeah, two weeks. They go, you go broke afterwards. It's rough. Right. Well, and that's, that, that leads me into my next one of my next okay. ones was instead of having host country or cities, you have host countries. So in 2028, the, the games are coming to Los Angeles, which at this point, Los Angeles probably has enough 
you know, like they have basketball arenas like Staples Center. They have uh, the football stadium out there, SoFi Stadium. They have the Coliseum where USC plays football, where they could probably host some stuff because it's like the old school. That's where the 84 games held some events. So I, I think instead of a host city, how about a host country? Now, I know in, in, if you if you go to America, are you going to have like some games in New York and then some things, you know, in Chicago and in Miami and in Columbus, for instance, you know, that might be a little bit of an issue. But let's say you're 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 talking about Los Angeles. Let's say you, you do it in California then and you use all over the place in California. You have arenas and baseball facilities and other parts of the state you have you know ice or you know you could have ice hockey you have every you know everything you can think of you have arenas in sacramento san jose san francisco you have baseball facilities in san francisco you have baseball facilities in oakland and two in los angeles so you almost have everything that you could look for in california so the build the building of extra stuff may not be as big of a deal you may not have to worry about that so much so maybe not necessarily an entire country hosts it, like America that has time zone issues and things like that. But one of the benefits to that would be you could have primetime live events at 8 p.m. in New York City as opposed to 5 o'clock on the West Coast or thinking you have to have West Coast stuff at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time to accommodate for primetime in the, in the Western time zone. So... That's my thought, you know, is you spread it around. You have either maybe co-hosts, and we've seen the co-host thing before. And I think they, I, don't, I can't remember if it's a winter games, but they're going to have a co-host, um, I think, of a couple of Italian cities for the winter games in a few years. So, you know, there may be some options to, to save costs on building all these new venues. Because you're right, a lot of these uh, venues after they're you know used they be, they basically become paperweights for earth essentially they don't be they're very rarely used and they go they get decrepit very quickly um, like when they had the Athens games uh, that was a very catastrophic failure because you know Greece has really never recovered from all the money that they invested into building you know venues and things like that and they they only did that because they wanted to have I can't remember what anniversary it was of the first Olympic Games that were held in, in Greece, but they wanted to go back home, so to speak, if you will. And, you know, Athens, Greece was probably not really prepared for something like that. And unfortunately, they've been paying for it for years now financially. Right, well, you can along your lines, but let's go a little bit more out there. I, I got to get you shaking your head. You're agreeing so far with what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, yeah. You're not so I, weird. I mean, yeah, I want you to run off in the horror going, I can't believe I'm doing this anymore. I mean, come on, Craig. Um, well, let's do this. Okay, NBC, you know, I heard there was as many viewers. And I think we're in COVID. I think everyone's right. busy. You know, some of us are arguing about how, you know, how hard we should wave our flags after we win. You know, a bunch of crap like that. Right. Well, Here's what we could do. Let's extend this every year, okay? So, as so just like you're Los Angeles, you bid, you win the games, okay? Well, you've got buildings, but you're like, man, I'm only going to use these for two weeks. So, here's what we do first year. So, if you bid on the Olympics, you win, you get a four year package of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, first year, 
let's have the Celebrity Olympics. <laughs> and the vets, if you're a celebrity, you can represent your home country. Why not? And, and you got to come up with a rule. Like, you, you, you know, you like say we were in, you know, Guinea or some small country. We're not celebrities for podcasters. You got to hit a certain amount in the box office or something. Or, right. or you've got to play a pro sport or something. You can't just, you know, say, I, po- I do a small podcast, so I'm in. Okay? And, you know, have the same events. Man, it'd be fun. You, you know, you're watching Tom Cruise, you know, on the bobsled. I, you know, I mean, yeah. we'll be watching that. And then the next year, same place. And you could do this for summer and winter. Man, NBC's got content all over the place. I mean, NBC's yeah. probably rubbing their hands at this. You have your old timer. You know, we talked about this earlier. Same principle. Here's the other thing. Now, again, we're, we're trying not to talk as much about politics. It gets a little depressing really quick. But let's have a political Olympics. So mm. each country. Now, you can't send LeBron James and say, okay, he represents our politics. No. You guys sent a world leader, so like Joe Biden's got to be Olympic somehow. You know, okay. <laughs> whatever we think Joe can do the best, he's okay. competing against other world leaders. But you know, he's bring. If there's a buff guy that works in the White House, bring him along. Why not? <laughs> but but you can't just send your, you know, cafeteria workers and say, "Oh no, I'm staying here running the country." No, you've got to come, Joe. You, right. You've got to come, Vlad Putin. Oh man, wouldn't that be fantastic? Where where do you come down on the because you know they did like I can't remember who did the study, but they they basically interviewed like a thousand people and like seventy percent of them believed that they could easily compete in the Olympics. Now this is just average Joe Schmoes off the street. Where where are you with the idea of having like normal people that don't do this? every, you know, three and a half years in preparation for the Olympics. Where are you on that with having, like, Joe Schmoes and Jill Schmoes competing in Olympic Games, either against themselves or against the the, the athletes themselves? Well, there's got to be some type of cutoff. Now, you raise a good question. Maybe we have a five-year reign, and what <laughs> if we had the Open Olympics? And what I mean by that is, hey – Craig, if you want to fly to L.A. and compete in an event, it's the Open Olympics. You know what I mean? You don't have to qualify. You just show up. Sure. Now, granted, like we'll have about 6,000 preliminary heats for the 100-meter dash or whatever, you know. But (laughs) so, I mean, it's the Open Olympics. Yeah. I think we're we're getting to the point now where we're sort of oversaturating the Olympics market here with having five years – Straight of Olympics, maybe that's not a great idea. I don't know. Well, or a lot can, of content, though. Yeah, could you imagine like the political Olympics? Like, let's say this: you know, all of our leader, world leaders are busy. I mean, they're not like Joe Biden's not going to compete in twenty different events at the Olympics. But what if we had like this expectation? Maybe like the one mile run. You know, something mm-hmm. that's a little bit sinuous without, you know, saying it's a marathon or they have to swim right. eight miles or whatever. Like, like they could play like bocce ball or something. Well, no, I think it's got to be an individual competition. Okay. Because if it's like the one-mile run, what if you had every world leader at the starting line? Right. And you're sitting here and like, dang, you got Joe Biden. You got Emmanuel Marcon of France. You got – who's that? 
who's a prime minister candidate? I can't remember who he is. Um, um, Justin Trudeau. Yeah, Justin Trudeau. Yeah. Oh man. Well, maybe uh, we're on to something. Are Are you watching that? I oh, would yeah. love to. I would love to watch that. And um, and, and the yeah. pride. I mean, yeah, we're not declaring war over who wins or loses, but man, like man, who would win that? I mean, quick quick question for you though. So if let's say this became a reality, do you oh, think, do you think that that would change the way we elect people? Because hear hear me out. Yeah. And there's nothing against Joe Biden. I'm not saying he's in bad health or anything like that, but he's older, right? Right. And Justin Trudeau is not older. You know, for for a politician, he he appears very young. Do you think that that would change the way people elected people? Like, would they say, "Look, we need a 50 year old in shape guy or girl to be our new president because we got to compete against Justin Trudeau." In the rest of the world leaders in the world Olympics. If you're, if you feel America first in your politics, yeah, you'd be really interested in that. If you don't, maybe not as much. Here's the other thing I'm thinking about: Are we having stakes on this, mm. or, or is this just for pride? I mean, okay, right. if if Justin Trudeau wins, is it just ha ha? Well, it, it's gonna blow up Twitter for a day. But right. in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't matter. I mean, I don't think we should give over states to Canada if Trudeau beats <laughs> no, Biden in a race. Yeah. But but how do we make this hurt a little bit? You know what I mean? Well, it's like those college football, you know, or even the president oh. or you know the the mayors of NFL yeah. teams in the Super Bowl that you know have a bet, a little side bet. I will say this though: Could you imagine? If in the United States, and this is this is a possibility because he has mentioned a potential run for president. Mm -hmm. If Dwayne the Rock Johnson oh, was elected crap. president, he would he would murder people in the president's right. games. He would, I mean, let's say they did um, any kind of physicality in sports, like a one-on-one -on -one wrestling match, he would probably rip someone in half, like literally pull them from their torso. I think the rock. Maybe could be president here. I think we're onto something, and what? we would dominate. He would dominate everybody. I mean, okay. he'd be running like a five-minute mile. He'd be tearing people up in any physical, you know, weightlifting or anything, wrestling, anything physical. Dwayne Johnson would just murder everybody. It wouldn't even be a contest. He'd win every gold medal that he was in. But see, this isn't a political. I don't root against the United States of America in the Olympics, but there's some other countries that are fun to watch. Yeah. You talk, you talk a little bit about Usain Bolt in Jamaica. I yeah. mean, I'm not saying boo America, go Usain Bolt. Yeah. But man, if Usain Bolt wins, I'm not frustrated. I'm like, hey, yeah, Jamaica, great. Yeah. yeah. I'm probably the, the only person that was watching, my wife and I were watching handball. This is one of those sports where you watch it like once every four years. You literally only watch it at the Olympics probably as a casual viewer. And we were watching like Angola versus Montenegro. And I was like emotionally invested. I wanted right. Angola to win. And I'm like, I don't even know who Angola is. I barely know where the country's at. I barely know where Montenegro's at. And I'm right. thinking, man, this is, this is just entertaining stuff. So again, so the problem would make it is no matter what your politics is, Watching like all the world leaders running a mile race would be fascinating. Yeah. But the thing would be is 
like you said, how does that determine who we vote for? <laughs> if we're not like this, you know, America first, you, you, you know what I mean, type of person. We'd be a, we'd be very shallow voters probably and vote well, for the Rock. Not that The Rock has bad policies. I don't want, you know, do, people to think Dwayne Johnson's not fit for the job. But we would definitely be like, okay, if there was, especially if it was incentivized, like if you, like let's say we could get like a hundred million dollars or something from, like everybody pools the money together, like you might do in like fantasy sports and whoever wins gets the pool of money, that's what we would do. We would vote for anybody like LeBron James or The Rock or somebody. So we would make sure we win that $100 million pool of money and bring it back to the country. Right, but if you're pulling your own money, you're, in essence, you're getting your money back, right? <laughs> no, but, but what you would do is you would like everybody puts in $10 million or $5 million, and then let's say whatever the pool is at the end of it, you take all of that home. So, like, if the pool, if you kick in five million, or every country that that represents kicks in five, ten million, and then whoever wins the games, or whoever has the most medals, or whatever, you take that pool of money home yourself. You get all of it, and you get to give it to your country, or you know, spend it on your country. But it's got to be some fun. It's got to be like putting in a lottery that our residents could win. Well, and then everybody, yeah, then everybody gets a, a, a you know, whatever money, yeah. But just imagine, or, or everybody would be like trying to trying to find their most greatest athlete ever to be their president. I don't know if that would help politically, but we'd have a lot of fun watching the Olympics, I guess. What what you could do is you could like bail out the pizza industry, but you say you have to give that money back to the people. Yeah. So like if you won the ten million to give to all the pizza places, then all pizza be half off for like the next six months. You know what I mean? So that's right. your incentive. That's why you're rooting. You're like, right. I want five dollar large Papa John's pizzas. You know, right. oh, that, that'd be fantastic. And see, I'm wondering, maybe it wouldn't be a political Olympics. This would be a little too much because you know, obviously Joe Biden can't compete in every event in the Olympics. Maybe it's like you remember, like Battle of the Network Stars, right? Well, yeah, maybe kind of like that, where we have like ten events, like a little bit of a decathlon. Yeah. Of, of just the world leaders and see who wins that. Yeah, and I think if we do that, if we have something fun to give to everybody, like, hey, this money's going to be used for a big party or, you know, incentives, you know, like incentives to save money on pizza or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that would be great. And, and what better way? So, like, okay, so Joe Biden competes in these Olympics that are coming later this year. Well, man, what would that look like for his re-election chances if he won? I mean, it's like, look at me. I took on these world leaders. I'm beating them. Yeah, it's like you're the ultimate patriot if you oh. win the, the, the political Olympics, yeah. Or if, if you're a U.S. president, you compete very poorly. Yeah. I mean, you know, the debates are like, hey, you can't run. What's what's yeah. up? Are we a weak country? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm, see, and wouldn't that make it better? I mean, you know, I go back to gymnastics. It was kind of fun watching... Older people do gymnastics. Could you imagine Mary Lou Retton on the gymnastics bars? Right. Wonder what Mary Lou Retton is like today. I don't know. You know what would be fun? This okay. is this, this kind of transitions into my next. Uh, oh, okay. Sorry. Idea. What What if? Okay, so we have all these great athletes going over to, in this case, Tokyo or wherever, Paris in 2024 and Los Angeles 2028. What if one of the requirements is that you had to compete in another sport? Like you competed in oh. your sport, 
So like, okay, you know, the basketball players, you know, Kevin Durant is playing basketball. Now maybe he won't be on the team in four years or three years, I guess now, but I don't know. But let's, you know, basketball team, you go over there, you play your games. But in addition to your sport, you have to do another sport, whether that's before or after your sport. So could you imagine, you know, Kevin Durant, archery, you know, doing archery or doing fencing or, you know, skeet shooting or something like that. Could you imagine how fun that would be to see the world's greatest athletes have to try something else at the Olympics? Because you know how I think that the argument that people say is like, oh, that, that that's so easy looking. It's stupid. Who can, why is that Olympic sport? It's not that hard looking. Well, let's have the greatest athletes in the world compete in trampoline or rhythmic gymnastics or whatever. Now, let's try to do it in a safe way. I mean, I'm not saying I want Kevin Durant to try to, you know, do a vault in gymnastics. You know, you want people to, 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 to do maybe a sport that's not as physically impossible for certain athletes to do. But could you imagine, like, Kevin Durant being the goalie on the field hockey team? See, I like the idea in theory, but you know what? Well, these world class athletes, okay, yeah, they can't do that second sport maybe as good as they do their first sport. Right. How do we know? Like, we should say you got to do something new. You know what I mean? Because who knows? Maybe Kevin Durant fences on, on the side. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, that's the thing, though, because, because I think that will, will show you that A, they are world class athletes. Right. And they are the best and the best that we're sending over. But then B, let, let's say Kevin Durant goes and plays, you know, table tennis and sucks. Then we'll be like, okay, so it's not as easy as people say it is. Oh, you're just playing table tennis. Oh, you're just playing, you know, badminton or whatever. Well, let's have normal, normal great athletes try to play those other sports. And let's see if they, uh, you know, can master it. It doesn't have to be you know, even certain things like fencing, but, but games like people like, you know, badminton or, you know, table tennis or games that people play, you know, recreationally, maybe it's just certain games that you would have to play, you know, maybe not fencing because there are rules that you'd have to learn and all that stuff. But how fun would it be to see like the world's greatest athletes have to, to try another game or learn another game or, whatever it may be, just for that, you know, once or twice they compete. I think it'd be kind of fun to see that. I agree on one stipulation. We got to research these guys' lives, careers, <laughs> and we got to make sure it's something that he, Durant doesn't know how to do. Right. Because, you know, these athletes are going to be like, I'm like, ah, I don't, you know, yeah, I don't shoot guns. Like, you know, and then, you know, Durant goes out there and it's like the greatest marksman right. of all time, you know? Right, right. So we got to investigate him. We got to talk to ex-girlfriends, ex-coaches. What does he want to do? And he's like, hey, right. Kevin, you're doing karate. He's like, oh, no, you know? Then that, that that creates the fun. Yeah, right, right, absolutely. I don't want I don't want someone to be like a master of table tennis to be like, oh, I'll right. play table tennis at the Olympics. No, I want you to do something that you just have no clue whether you know whether it's Greco-Roman wrestling, karate, baseball, it could even be baseball, just to see, you know, do those because everybody, everybody always, there's always the big debate of what's the hardest sport to play. You right. know, some people will say baseball because of the hand-eye coordination that that goes with it and all the failure that comes with it. Some will say it's basketball or football because of the athleticism that you have to, 
you know, have to play those sports at a high level. But I don't know. I think it'd be kind of fun to be like, okay, Kevin Durant, you're going to do rhythmic gymnastics or you're going to do, you know, table tennis and let's see how you do against other non-table tennis pros. And then we'll see how, how unique it is. And maybe the winner of that takes on the winner of the normal table tennis. Like you were, you wanted oh, the, yeah. the old, you know, you wanted the old timers versus the new people. Maybe you have the, uh, the average Joe great athlete, average Joe and Jill go up against oh, their counterpart that won the gold medal. That's been playing table tennis for 15 years or whatever. So I think it'd be kind of fun to have something like that go on where you, you know, you obviously want everybody to be safe and healthy and you don't want someone to like break their ankle because they're trying to skateboard for the first time ever. But you also can be fun to see if there's, if their superior athleticism translates, you know, like Simone Biles, she's a, she's probably the greatest female athlete in years. Maybe. Could she play point guard? Yeah. Could she play point guard or could she, you know, could she play table tennis or badminton? Does she have the hand eye coordination to play those sports? She has the athleticism and the power and the the ability athletically, but I want to see if she can play table tennis or you know pool or something like add pool to the list or you know can she surf or whatever. I think well, it'd be let, kind of yeah. Let's just say new sport, novice yeah. sport, and, and you know you can even take that step further and say maybe like an open competition on novice sports, like you know somebody yeah. who doesn't know how to swim could be in the swimming race, you know, well, they <laughs> I don't have, know to learn might, how to swim, yeah. I have to get a lifeguard on, on duty, yeah. but yeah, that, I mean, that'd be kind of fun just to, to see some, I, I certainly would not advocate for someone to do a sport where they could, you know, seriously injure themselves because that's not where they're making their money. But how fun would it be to see Kevin Durant try to shoot art, you know, archery or, or whatever, you know, I think it'd be kind of fun just to see someone out of their comfort zone, but then to see like, okay, maybe this this guy or girl that's a superior athlete eventually gets the hang of it or something, just to see. Okay. Yeah. What's your, what's, yeah. Well, you know, we're getting new sports. It's a different Olympics than it was in the past. But yeah. the Olympics evolves, you know? Yeah. Screw tradition. Let's just have – let's start adding a ton more events. Like, you know, uh, the Arnold in Columbus – yeah, now there's like sedentary activities. I think they have like a video game competition in the Arnold now. I mean, it's not just you know big body muscular activities. Like let's that is a, a great. That's a great idea. Video games, have, yeah. Video games, poker tournament. Why don't we yeah. have that? Pool, pool, darts? yeah, darts. I, you know what? We're I, I'm I'm surprised we're in we're in so much agreement. I I didn't I didn't know what to expect from you on this. But I'm I'm 100 all in. I'm I mean you know I'm all in on this. I think I think adding. I also like the idea of having a uniform amount of games. Like every Olympics, that host city can determine what games they want to host. So for instance, um, like in Rio, they didn't have softball because they just I don't know if they don't play softball in Brazil or whatever. But they decided they didn't want softball. So unfortunately, softball and baseball were off the list. Now, Tokyo had both because, you know, baseball and softball are pretty big there. But it kind of sucks when you don't get that because you you watch them and obviously in a big game we'll have baseball and softball. But then, you know, they didn't have they didn't have baseball or softball for like eight years. So yeah. it's, it kinda sucks to I wish they would have a uniform say this is the games that you you have 
if you don't have a team in that, then so be it. But we're going to have the Olympics. You got to have baseball. You got to have softball or, you know, insert X, Y, or Z sport. Because I think it's, it's something you, like, can you imagine if you're an athlete and you're like, oh, I can't wait to be an Olympian one day. And then they're like, oh, well, we're not going to have the uh, Olympic softball for eight years because they don't play softball in two countries. So I almost think that they need to have a uniform amount. And, and yeah, you know, we, we just added like 20 more games to the to, to the Olympic slate there a minute ago. But, you know, I think you can do it. And that kind of brings me to my next one, which is I think instead of a two-week Olympic event, you need it to be two weeks. Because by the time it gets there, it's gone, it's over, it's two weeks, and you're done. And it's like you need more, especially if you have more games. Because I think the more games you have, or even with the amount of games they have now, some, some stuff just gets pushed to the back burner, and you never see it in prime time. If you think about the core sports for uh, summer games are track and field, gymnastics, and swimming. A lot of other sports, beach volleyball does get a little bit of play, I think, too, in the, in the, uh, the main attraction. But you're not going to see water polo and badminton generally on NBC's PM coverage. But if you extend it out a little bit to where maybe you have a, every other day for swimming or every other day for gymnastics or however you want to divide it up, I think it'd be better if the games lasted three weeks or maybe a month. If you're, especially if you're going to have more games, that way you can spread the TV out a little bit. Because if you wanted to watch live Olympics this past you know month, you okay. had to watch it at four, five, and six a.m. generally, because that's when you know the Olympic games were really going on in, in Tokyo because of the thirteen-hour time difference, or yeah, yeah, thirteen hours. So unfortunately, anything that you watched at generally, not always, but. If you watch something at 8 p.m. on NBC, it, odds are it was not live because not a lot of stuff was going on at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. But you know, when you got to like 8, you know, 10:30, 11 o'clock at night, you would get more live stuff. But generally speaking, you didn't really get a lot of live stuff on NBC. And I think if you spread stuff out, maybe you can manipulate it a little bit more, especially when you have you know Olympic games where there's not a humongous time difference for the United States. But I think if you spread it out, you can spread your sports out. You can have more sports be featured and not at weird times or on weird channels or whatever it may be. So I'm, I would advocate for a longer than two-week Olympic Games. How about three months? If it's the Summer Olympics, let's <laughs> have all over the summer. Why are we arbitrarily well, two, say, two weeks? If, if you did do a multiple Olympics, you have more more events and more yeah. you would probably be able to say, hey, you know, in July you're going to have track and badminton and water polo yeah. and some of the beach sports or whatever and then maybe in August you have this, this and this and then you end it with September you have some more, you know a couple of outdoor events but maybe some indoor stuff and you're done. That'd be bad. I mean, probably would cost a lot of money to, to you know, for NBC to, to broadcast that because you'd have to have people over there for months and you know, obviously, you know, from our our company's perspective in, you know, USA Today Network, we sent over a lot of reporters and photographers, videographers to, to capture the games. That'd be a lot of money to, to spend on, on journalism in general. But, you know, it would be kind of interesting to see it spread out more like that. 
hey, support local journalism. You know, buy more subscriptions if we can. You know, we can cover the three month Summer Olympics. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. And let's have all team sports in it. Okay, I, I know you know football for many countries is the sport of soccer. Let's have yeah. American football, and you know you're probably laughing, going, "Oh, what happens if the America plays, you know, China?" I mean, you know, could you imagine? Uh, okay, yeah. but okay, back in '92, we had the Dream Team, and right. they're playing what Nigeria, and they're winning by a hundred. We're like, "Oh, this is ridiculous!" Right. And Nigeria beats America twenty years from now. You know, true. That is true. That's a good point. I, I get that point, but yeah, I think uh, American football. Wow. I wouldn't even want to see what those scores would look like um, if I we worked, were to play anybody. I worked, I worked for my brother. Um, they had a world America, like a world American football title in camp once. Yeah. I think America won. It wasn't by as many as you thought. Okay. Yeah, America won the gold. But oh man, it was so much fun, Craig. But were those like NFL players? Like, let's say the NFL said, like the NHL. The NHL has a contract where they can. Their players can play for their countries. If the NFL was that an NFL contract, or was that you know like well, secondary play, you know players or college guys or whatever? I'll put it this way: I'm not. I don't know if they really went through and said, "What are the best high school players in America?" I mean, it's probably hard to do that. But I will tell you, I was the night I volunteered. It was kind of like their um, just social night. So I was downstairs with all the. Uh, a lot of the um, players from foreign countries, okay? I hung out with the Germany team. Now, I don't know if you remember this guy, but, you know, so I'm talking, and, you know, they know English, so we were kind of talking about football and differences and other stuff like that. I'm like, hey, do you have any guys being recruited by colleges? And they're like, yeah. Do you remember a guy, it was like born Wagner maybe? He was like a defensive end. Yeah, he, play, he played for Florida, for Florida State and the Colts for a while. Right, I mean, right. Yeah. Not an all pro, but I mean, not horrible either. He was there. He waved. Now at the time, I didn't know who he was. I mean, they just say, "Hey, he's going to visit Florida State. He'll probably end up going right. there." But I'm like, so at the time, I wasn't like, "Oh, it's born whoever his name is." I was more like, <laughs> "Oh, I like Florida State. It's cool that a guy oh, yeah. is going to be." There was an NFL player. Now that probably was the only NFL player that was in that room that night. I mean, that's it wasn't like yeah. That's the difference, though, is that for like every one of, for every one of him, you'd have if the roster size was fifty three, you'd have fifty three better or good as good players on Team America. I mean, could you imagine? You know, Tom Brady dropping back to pass, and he's throwing alley oops basically to Devontae Adams. Okay. And it's like, who's gonna stop that? I mean, okay, you know, you can't, you can't tell me that you've got like, you know, Team France is gonna have some six foot cornerback that can run a four four. Okay. Defending that, or okay, you know, Bjorn Warner, maybe he can rush around the edge, but okay, all you'd have to do is just double team him because you would assume right. the other guys on the line are not gonna be able to get through your Team USA offensive line. That's probably you know, outweighs them and is outpowering them by double. So that's the only thing. Like, I can't imagine, like, Team Italy or Team France or Team China having, like, the size to compete. Like, I just don't think – they might have one or two big linemen or whatever, or fast players, but the disparity, I would almost uh, think of it would be the equivalent of 
any NFL team playing the worst college football team that you could put on the field, to be blunt. Maybe but, even a borderline high school team. But again, we're looking at 92. I mean, this is 92. In, I get it. Right. We're, we're, yeah, you're right. They grew the game. If we're playing this in the Summer Olympics of 2020, U.S. wins. They score 100 points in the first half. Second half, they're downing the ball because right. why bother? I mean, you know, right, you want right. to score 300 points a game. What's going on? Right. But, man, you know, and you look back at the Olympics, that spurred some interest in American basketball in other countries. It did. It did. We're, yeah. We're growing the game, Craig. Craig's well, a little more popular than soccer. I'm yeah. sure I'm sure you probably remember NFL Europe. Yeah. And, and on NFL Europe teams, you would have – local people playing on that team to kind of mix in interspersed with some of the, you know, the, the NFL hold up, you know, holdovers and or college kids trying to make a name for themselves. And, you know, NFL Europe was fun, but it was also mostly dominated by the Americans that were coming over to play. And that was also a tool for them to try to grow the game in Europe. And I'm not saying it didn't grow the game because, you know, we've even, seen discussion about putting an NFL franchise in London but I don't I don't know that even playing football in the Olympics would grow the game the way the NBA did when they sent their stars over because I think first off and I'm not saying that you're not going to find some six foot five 300 pound offensive lineman in you know Spain for instance or whatever I'm not saying that those people don't exist but I think you're probably more inclined to see a six foot eight kid with some skill that you can teach the game of basketball that can better translate than say someone that consistently could be an a NFL football player that comes out of a European country or an Asian country. Not that there aren't anybody that have come from European or Asian countries. It's just very, very few and far between. And it's it's been decades since we've had NFL Europe and we've really only seen a few of those Bjorn Warners or Margus Hunt comes to mind. You've only seen a few of those people. All right. Hey, I'm taking a step away. Keep talking about your idea. I'll be right back. (laughs) But I would say as far as the, the fun thing about it, could you imagine in 1992, Michael Jordan playing the dream team games being great, doing all that stuff, Charles Barkley and all those other guys, Magic Johnson. But could you imagine if, like, Michael Jordan had to play, you know, table tennis? So that's why I think it'd be kind of fun to have normal athletes that are the best in the world at what they do come in and have to play other sports to go along with the sport they're playing. I also would like the idea of maybe having a children's Olympics. I mean, we sort of have – you know, the Special Olympics, we have the Paralympics, we have the Normal Olympics. We've talked here about having sort of the, uh, the retiree Olympics. But what if we had like a child game where we have, you know, 15 and under, maybe you're put into age groups and the brackets of, of, you know, maybe size or whatever it may be, you know, 10 to 12 or 12 to 15, whatever. Um, even though there are some times where there's kids that are competing uh, in the Olympics, I think there were some... Uh, I, I remember watching the diving on uh, the last couple days of the Olympics. The Chinese team had, I think, a 13 or a 14-year-old and a 15-year-old. So I think it'd be kind of fun to see maybe children play and have fun. It's a sport, but you get to 
travel the world and and do that. But yeah, I think maybe having a child Olympics would be kind of fun too if you're going to have the senior Olympics to go along with everything else. But I don't know about. Uh, I don't know, I'm okay with it, but uh, I mean, that could work. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I, yeah, I mean, uh, I was just explaining that there are a lot of kids. 13 year olds that are playing, you know, in the that are competing in the Olympics. So it's, it's, it's not really beyond the realm of possibility that that can happen, but this, you know, like what if you had like 10 year olds running the sprint races or, you know, playing basketball, we have AAU tournaments of all the great basketball players in the country going up against each other. Why not have the best of the best in the world go up against each other on basketball court? So it's kind of like um, junior Olympics, like minor leagues, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they still do the. Maybe they still do the Junior Olympics, but I don't know if they have like age groups or brackets of you know what age range you can be in. But I don't know; it'd be kind of fun to have that, or maybe they could have you know baby races or something like they have. uh, (laughs) You can really see what's next. I mean, you know, unless you're a really super big gymnastics fan, you don't know what the U.S. seems to look like in four years. Now you might be able to know. Yeah, it's funny it. on Peacock. You can actually there's a, I didn't I haven't seen it yet, but there's actually on their Olympic tab you can watch this future Olympians or whatever where you they follow around kids that are some of the best athletes in the in the country as they train to become Olympians. So that's kind of coincides with what you're just saying there. Peacock's going NBC Peacock is going all in the Olympics. <laughs> they're like we can't handle <laughs> hockey. Yeah, they are. Well, they're losing hockey. They, you know, they're lucky they have the NFL still, but uh, they have Notre Dame, of course, college football wise. But yeah, I mean, NBC it's probably for content, so they probably wouldn't mind having the Olympics every couple of years, knowing that yeah. uh, they they're starving for sports content unless they um, find a way to buy some other rights like NASCAR or something to to try to appease an audience. What about we talked a lot about reality shows? What about you know we have these reality shows in the Olympics like Survivor? You know, same <laughs> rules and everything, but you're playing for the gold. Yeah. Okay. Or or Big Brother, you know, yeah. just but well, I mean, there's a house somewhere in the in the Olympic Village. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're just in the house. You come out the end. You win the gold medal. And it's how two fun weeks. would it be if you know how fun would it be? Now, obviously, you don't want to like break their concentration, but. You know, we see all these reality shows. Like maybe they have a reality show where they they put together a group of people and and let them live together. And you know, they're all Olympic athletes, like living in the same you know like real world type stuff or Big Brother type stuff, where they're you know they're doing a reality show outside of their you know their sport or whatever. They're going back to the Olympic Village, and then we uh, that's when the cameras really turn on and we see what happens. Well, Olympic Village, what Olympians do there? That's a little showtime there. I mean, that's. <laughs> Not this year, though. Apparently, yeah, uh, they had the uh, the cardboard beds, uh, okay. which was kind of funny because the, the running joke was, "Yeah, the greatest athletes in the world are not going to figure out how to do what they want to do without the ability to lay on a bed." So we'll let your uh, we'll let your minds go to that. But um, yeah, so yeah, it'd be kind of fun to have an Olympic Village, uh, you know. Um, sort of like what what are they doing at the Olympic Village? You know, like a camera there or something to kind of follow the action or just follow people along on their day or something. Like, what are you doing today when you're done with your races? And, and think of all the content. I mean, you know, like you said, you got NBC, you got Peacock, you got all this crap you got, Phil. Yeah. 
And now you've got, I mean, could, you could have the bachelor competition for the Olympics. Whoever yeah. wins gets a gold. I mean, you've got, and it's stuff that we'd watch. I mean, you know, bachelors gets big ratings. It's this worldwide bachelor, you know? Yeah. And the Olympic trials could be like a preliminary bachelor competition, you know? Could have like an American Idol style comp- singing competition. NBC put America's Got Talent on hold for two weeks. It's a big cash grab for them. Now, obviously, you know, Olympics is a bigger cash grab, so you put on hold for two weeks, but have Olympic version. You you don't have to have Olympians on there, you know? Hey, Craig, if you want to do your talent during the Olympics instead of winning a million bucks, you want the gold. Why not? Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I should have written these down. I'm just free flowing as they come to mind. <laughs> yeah, I live in Columbus, probably not Olympic City. I guess it could be, but probably not the best choice. Yeah. Uh, you're in rural Ohio. Why don't, if, like, you know, if America wins the bid, we have a competition between rural cities. Right. And, you, you know, you talk about upgrading the rural city. Hey, the federal government will come in, they'll build you an Olympic stadium, they'll, they'll build you a big arena if you need it for your basketball or whatever. Right. Could you imagine that? I, I mean, we're boring. Well, How boring. It's in L.A. It's been there before. Been there, done yeah. that. What about Fremont, Craig? My goodness. <laughs> well, you know, there are uh, there are parts of the Sandusky River where you can physically walk across the river because it's so shallow. I couldn't imagine them having a triathlon competition and, the, uh, you know, you have to swim from the Sandusky River into the mouth of Lake Erie. I don't know. That'd be kind of fun, though, but... Uh, yeah, it'd be kind of fun if they spread it out a little bit where, you know, Ohio is the host city. So then you have certain games in Columbus because you can accommodate for it. But then maybe you have badminton in Sandusky or, you know, something in Fremont or something in, you know, wherever. I think it'd be kind of fun to to sort of – because I've always thought it'd be fun to go to the Olympics. I know it'd probably be a big hassle. It's probably busy. I hate – I don't like being around a lot of people. But I think it'd be kind of fun to go to the Olympics. Well, I'm certainly, yeah, I could, I guess, go to Los Angeles, but I'm not going to, you know, book a plane ticket to go to Paris in 2024. I'm not interested in going to, you know, all over the world to watch it. But if they're in my hometown, like, I'd, I'd check out badminton, okay. you know, or whatever. But but to that point, part of the fun's the Olympic Village. You know, who's hooking up and everything. You yeah. can't have the Olympic Village if we have sports all over the – that is true. So that is true. You know, hey, you know, we've talked about having the Fremont mayor on. Maybe that's a good th- reason why I have him on. Would he support the city, rural city, contest to win the Olympics? I mean, you could trick, you could trick out Fremont, man. You buy the, you build Olympics in, and you know, it doesn't cost Fremont a dime. It's federal money. I mean, <laughs> you know, you win all that stuff, well, and and what you do afterwards is fine. I mean. Granted, you know, the Fremont High School game shouldn't be at the Olympic Stadium. We should just say, I got this Olympic Stadium. What are we going to do with it? it You got to use it for something, though, right? I mean, but you start attracting stuff in. You start calling the NFL. Hey, we got this nice stadium here. Well, the Bills are talking about moving. They want a new stadium. They're like, (laughs) we're going to move to Austin, Texas. You know, they're going to say, no, we're going to move to Fremont, Ohio. Yeah, Olympic Stadium just sitting there. It's ready for us to play in. Well, oh, it'd be fantastic. That'd be kind of fun. 
I would and, I would be interested in that. You would have stories that the Freedom Button News Messenger to write for years. Oh you yeah. Would, you would never be like, oh, what am I gonna write about today? Oh definitely. Craig, you would be writing oh at least twenty five years on that stuff. Yeah. That is true. It would be it would be uh, great to to help us out, but uh yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um that sounds like a good question for Dan Tierney. I, I bet we can get Dan Tierney back on. Dan's into the late afternoon podcast, and then maybe his boss can stop by for a couple of minutes. I, yeah. We may have to message him and see if. Well, I'll I was happen. like, I was like twenty feet away from the governor on Monday at the Peloton groundbreaking. Oh. I was, I didn't quite reach out. I couldn't reach out to touch him, but I, I probably could have said Mike, and he would have looked at me. And well, was there any press availability afterwards, or? I had to leave early because of deadlines, okay. but um, you know, I did. I did stay for his part of the uh, presentation, and then I, I had to leave. But um, you know, it's I, I don't know what kind of availability he had after that, but you know, he did shovel some dirt, so well, I'm sure okay. you could probably stop him. I don't know that he would have made time for the news messenger, although I tweeted about my my time there, and Dan Tierney did like it, so I shout out to Dan Tierney, friend of the show. Um, so he did like my tweet that I had there, the Peloton coverage. Um, although I don't believe he uh, liked the tweet that I sent out of the oh. actual governor standing there. I, I tweeted a photo of Governor DeWine standing there, and I don't, I don't know that Dan had liked that. So Dan, what's going on? You know, what's yes. what's wrong with that? <laughs> you better like everything, Dan. Come on. Yes. Jeez. Well, and I'm thinking too. I, I'm sure you know it wasn't like he gave individual. Priority. He probably had a little press gaggle where you can ask questions, and yeah. you know, everyone's asking about the Delta variant, and, and we care about that. Mask up, you know, get your vaccines, but there's got to be room to ask our questions, like what sport Mike Dwine likes to play, and you, you know, right? And, and <laughs> I'm losing Craig. <laughs> Craig's getting uncomfortable. No, it's not, no. I mean, just okay. Is he a baseball fan or a basketball fan? That's all I'm saying. Fair question to ask. Right. Or, you know, ask about friends, brownies and everything. I mean, that's the type yeah. of questions we need to hear more of. We should ask him what his favorite, like if he watches the Olympics and what his favorite sport to watch is. Or, you know, does he have a favorite sport to watch in the Olympics that he only watches once every four years, you know? Because right. I'd love to hear that, oh, I, I love watching the table tennis or I love watching the equestrian, whatever it may be, you know, just to, just to kind of pick his brain about – yeah, I know he likes baseball, but what else does he like? You know, does he like watching the Olympics? Does he like watching water polo or track and field or gymnastics? You know, I mean, I'm sure if he watches the Olympics, he probably watches a couple of different things. So I'd be interested to see, like, what those offshoot sports are that maybe he likes to watch. Why'd you go right to the equestrian when you talked about the governor? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, you know, right, maybe... I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. Horrible joke. I'm sorry. It was a bad joke. That's probably the one sport that I have not mentioned today is the question. Well, right. But what I'm saying is, you know, you think about the governor and you go right to equestrian drivers riding the horses. I, I just, yeah. it's just commentary. I, I don't know. All right. <laughs> oh, I, I'm teasing you, Craig. That's okay. Craig's getting uncomfortable, but it's okay. <laughs> All right. Let's end a, a palate cleanser. Man, we'll give you more content. You know, and, you're probably there going, holy cow, these guys went 70 minutes. They normally go 60. How can I thank them for that extra 10 minutes of of content where I'm making Craig feel awkward and joking about the governor? Uh, well, you can, there's two things you could do. Ashley Home Store. Okay, look. Order some furniture. 
order it at home where you can measure it yourself and and pay to have it delivered. Click on the link wherever you're listening or watching this podcast. Um, use our link and buy furniture for Ashley. Great stuff. Check it out. And, you know, banking. Hey, you know, we're not always happy with our banks. If you're looking to make a change or if you need to start a bank account, Chase Bank. Click on the link. Set up a direct deposit account. Do stuff at home. Yep. Save some time. Save some energy. And if you set up an account with direct deposit, you get 225 bucks. I mean, it, right now I can't sign up myself and get 225 bucks because I set the um, affiliate agreement. But why wouldn't you do that? And I mean, Craig, change your bank so you can get 225 yeah. bucks. You can probably get away with it. So yeah, check out our sponsors. It, it really does help. Thanks for sharing it, uh, sharing our podcast. It's fun, man. It's good for Craig and I to get together once a week. For Craig to get uncomfortable, it's fun. <laughs> it's what we're about. It's great. So thanks for checking out the Highland. Kind of our special guest-free week. We'll change that. We'll get some more guests on uh, board. But, Craig, this was fun. I like when we have guests on, but, yeah, sometimes you and I don't get a chance to talk. Yeah, yeah it was a lot of fun. Yeah, Every now and then it's nice to – to just kind of have fun and shoot the breeze a little bit. And I, that was a lot of fun. I mean, it would have been fun to have a, a guest on. We could have asked them about uh, their Olympic changes, but uh, I think we had some good ideas. I think uh, NBC and uh, the IOC should get on that, maybe make some changes for the 2024 games. It's not, there's still time. Uh, check out the other podcasts we have coming this week. Um, Paul, uh, Laura, Kessel and I, uh, we, we talk about, it was an interesting episode. I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was the episode in season one in Frasier. Oh, call me irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Where, um, you know, Frasier counsels a guy to d- drop his girlfriend. Girlfriend gets mad, comes, Frasier her fall in love, and it's a little bit of an ethical issue. So, yeah, check that out. Laura and I break that episode down. Uh, what else are we doing this week? Oh, Craig and I earlier... Uh, what did we talk about? We talked about how there's too much crap to follow, and when I say crap, I don't. It, it's there's good stuff. I mean, I'm not saying it's junk, but there's too much stuff to follow, and we give some advice on how to try to follow it better. Much on great advice we gave, but we talked about it. Hey, it works, and we talked about how to maybe better spend our streaming dollars. I'm thinking. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it, Craig, but you gave me something to think about, which is good. Yeah, so there's there's options out. And then um, Joe, Paul, and I, we, we get together. Um, we we got to have a joint podcast sometime. I'm not, like, hiding you guys from each other. It's just their timing's off. They like to do it real late at night. We're getting together tonight. Uh, Craig, we are talking about there's a Kentucky Fried Chicken Hotel. They get oh. this. It's 150 bucks a night, but you get 130 bucks free of Kentucky Fried Chicken food. Okay. Well, I mean, so that's... Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Is that a good deal? I don't know. If you're taking your wife there for a romantic night, I'm not sure <laughs> having 130 bucks of Kentucky Fried Chicken laying around is going to help things, but everyone's got their own thing. That's a lot of chicken. That'd be a lot of chicken, but, um, you know, I mean, do you like – are the showers, like, do they do they just shoot out the Kentucky Fried Gravy? I mean, you know, that's what I would want to know. Uh, I, I haven't you, gotten that for you. 
Okay. Do they sew together like the extra crispy for a blanket? I mean, is that what the, the comforter is? Just extra crispy skin sewed together as a blanket? You know, let's, let's, I'm interested. I'm interested in the KFC hotel. Well, and you know, I think, I think it's a marketing push where you can have a Buckeye hotel where you have yeah. all the curtains and drapes and bedspread and Buckeye colors or whatever. And you could have a Taco Bell hotel or whatever. I mean, is it a great idea or is it just a big marketing play? Which I, I'm thinking, I gotta read the whole story. I haven't read it yet, but I'm thinking that's what's gonna be. There is a Taco Bell, I think it's in Vegas maybe, where it's like the can Taco Bell Cantina where you can actually get married there and have like a, a wedding catered there and stuff. You can get beer and all that. So it's kind of like more of an adult Taco Bell kind of thing. Like you can actually get married at a Taco Bell if you so choose, which I'm not sure. There, ha I have seen people get married there, so not personally, but I've seen it on on social media. So, hey, who knows? Whatever well, floats your boat. Well, Craig's long back in ninety minutes. You can be part of our Kentucky Fried Chicken discussion. <laughs> we'll be good. And then finally, hey, this is not on the Ohio anymore. Uh, it's moved on to bigger and better places, I guess. But our Pittsburgh Steelers podcast rebranded as the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour. Craig. This was a dream of mine to be on this network. We are taping episode three of us this, this week. Um, I don't know. Uh, I got an email from the guy who runs the network. He was happy. We got 1,200 downloads of show number one. Okay. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, yeah, it's my average. You've hit the mark. Be interested to see what week two has. Uh, what did we talk about week two? Oh, we talked about the next five Pittsburgh Steelers that should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. And this one could be interesting. We are talking about the top five teams that Steelers fans should dislike. Oh. Uh, yeah, we only talk about the big topics on the... I would, I would guess a lot of Cleveland Browns chatter on that. I, I would guess, yeah. Some uh, Ravens, uh, Bengals, probably. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, Craig, this is how weird this week's been. I have not compiled the final results yet. The show's in 90 minutes, so it's uh -oh. been one of those weeks, Craig. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll let you get through that then. Well, Craig, if we ever get this stuff resolved, we, we may talk about it. Maybe we could talk about it a little bit if stuff gets resolved like we think it might. I don't okay. know. Would you be up for that? Yeah, sure. Okay. Why not? <laughs> you, sound, you sound very awkward and pain. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Oh, man. Craig's going to yell at me after we had stopped, so... Yeah. Let's keep this broadcast going, right, so I don't get yelled at. You know, be good. Time, we could talk big time rush. <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> show's done. We're leaving. <laughs> Craig, you're on a away six day break, so I get that on my mind. All right, well, for Craig, this is Chris. Hey, thanks for letting us scoop off. Uh, use our links, support us, and share with your friends. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for checking us out. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.